You have entered the 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. What is going on, everybody? I'm Ryan 13, and you have entered the 13. Today, I'm joined with the high priest of distortion, Marzi Montezeri. Marzi, how are you doing, man? Thanks for coming oh, man. on. I'm doing so good. I haven't seen you in so long just to get I know. to see your face, man. is making me very, very, I'm, I'm delighted. Yeah, dude. I mean, I haven't seen you. And when we talked today, uh, we've been talking in text and we talked today on the phone. I got to hear your voice again. I was like, oh, my God, it's been so long. This is great. That's oh, um, really, really nice communicate. Yeah, again, to communicate with you. I'm really grateful for this. Absolutely. Hey, dude, I'm grateful for this. Thank you so much. Um, well. So for the people who don't know Marzi, Marzi, would you tell the people a little bit about yourself? I'm a guitar player, songwriter, producer from Houston, Texas. And uh, I love watermelon juice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a, that's pretty much, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a refugee immigrant kid that moved here in 1978 from Iran. And then um, I've lived in Houston for most of my life. I've lived in parts of Louisiana and, and other places too, you know, Missouri sure. and California. And when I moved around, but Houston, I proclaim my home. Awesome. Yeah, we met at Mars Music back in the 90s, I think. You were well, hawking guitars. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe Mars Music. If I, was I working there? I feel like you were working there. Like yeah, I, I feel like you were yeah, you were behind the counter. Yeah, I was in Mars Music, I believe 2000 2001. Okay. Yeah. That actually sounds right cuz I was uh, I was in high school and Big Mike worked there too. Yeah, he was and... security. And then, yeah, I yeah. love Big Mike. And it, yeah, I heard this dude, sh you know, shredding. I was like, "What the minute? What, who is this?" He was so humble too, man. And oh, that damn. whole synergy that I had, we had in that music store was pretty cool. I um uh, I was a manager there at the guitar and like amp department. It was it was a lot of fun. That was actually 2001, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Right. I, that sounds right because I remember coming in. I was in high school. I was in my first band. Me and my bandmates would come around and we we're like, "Who's this Rob Zombie guy behind the counter?" Like, <laughs> That's Marzi. Okay, Marzi, cool. And then we talked to Big Mike. You know, we I'd already I've known Big Mike since I was like 11 or 12, and. Yeah, he was like, no, that guy knows how to fucking play, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, big, okay. big Mike's a beautiful soul. There was another guy at the store. He, he was a manager before I was the manager. His name was Jim Powell. Okay. And he really looked like Rob Zombie. Did he really? Okay. <laughs> he totally looked like Rob Zombie at the right time. Right on. Maybe maybe we're maybe I got everybody confused. I mean, God, look at that. People thought him and I were brothers. We would we would years ago. walk together to yeah. go to the mall because there was a mall next door. So we would go, you know, to the food court to have dinner sometimes. Right. Yeah, people would thought we were bros. And he is easy. He is actually a brother of mine, you know, as as are you, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You're my brother too, man. It was so good to hear your voice today. And that food court at that Chick-fil-A in the food court at Memorial City Mall, which I don't even know if it's still there anymore. But oh, I used man. to live there. 
I, I want to stay Memorial City Mall is still there, man. Yeah, I, I'm sure Memorial City Mall is still there. I just I haven't been in it. I don't know yeah, anything yeah, yeah. about it. You know, yeah, same here. I haven't been to a mall in a long time. My dog just walked in, so let me cool shut the door here. Yes. Yeah. Hello, Memphis. Hi, Memphis. <laughs> That's my That's little a beautiful dog. She's also a rescue, also. So, awesome. but um, she was found in Galveston, actually. Oh, okay. So, Man, Galveston has a really interesting uh, coyote issue right now. Really? They have like these really big coyotes that look like they bred with red wolves or something. And they're on the island. It's like a really? Yeah. yeah Google I, it. It's weird. That's wild, man. Um, all right. I, I got some stuff going down the list. So I really, really wanted to ask you this question. When we used to hang out all the time. At nighttime, we'd go to whatever show it was or wherever, but we always ended up at this Mexican food restaurant that stayed up late. It was open late and we, it had a drive through, but you could go inside too. And I can't remember the name of it to save my life. I want to say it was called Ruchi's. Okay. And it was over, where was it at? Man, there's, there's a couple of Westheimer and Winrock, I believe. Okay, yeah, that sounds right because that's where we were hanging out. Or or Chachos. It was Chachos. Yeah, because I, I I remember I treated the whole band yeah. one night to Chachos. I took you guys out to dinner at Chachos. Yeah, that was the place. I've been there. I've been there since. Uh, like I went to go see Marilyn Manson and uh, stabbing, or not stabbing Westward, uh, uh uh, smashing pumpkins or something a few years ago and then me and my buddy sal i think you remember sal we went over there because it was open late and i was like oh my god you can get margaritas it's after midnight this is awesome yeah 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 most yeah i guess it's kind of like you taquerias around houston after 2 a.m you can get beers and stuff like that i used so, to i used to partake on all that back yeah, in the are you, day <laughs> you you done are you done with the margaritas and stuff now i'm yeah no not a sip of alcohol i don't it's like i don't you know i don't drink i don't smoke i don't do anything right on man well good I like get, get my highs from fruits and vegetables and like you know uh riding my bike yeah awesome this is my biggest high right here <laughs> hell yeah dude so yeah i've been playing guitar i think my guitar playing has gotten better because i've, I've felt as though in life i've always been a late bloomer I embrace sure. it. I don't, I don't mind it, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. When you're a kid you move to a different culture and then you don't have any guidance, there's no one there to tell you like, do this or do that. It's kind of an experimental kind of thing. So obviously, yeah, from everything from losing my virginity to, to like learning certain things while my friends were going to school and learning scales. And I learned it the hard way. I learned it longer, but it like, it, it, it marinated. <laughs> <laughs> my right, my dogs second. do the same thing. Sorry about oh. that. No, it's all good, man. My dogs are I, at any moment. Someone will just like sneeze outside, and all my dogs. Are <laughs> Memphis is a good guard dog, so she she's barking all the time. Well, good. But, uh, uh, I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, You're gonna no, have go. to edit that shit. That's fine. <laughs> that's hey, dude. This is that's what tomorrow is for. I'm doing. I'm gonna edit Doug's video. I'll edit this one where oh, we're talking badass. right now. I'm gonna oh. edit uh, Big Mike's, Al Shires, J Rabs. Uh, you're the so like I did the I did the band first because it felt right because I called the the 
the podcast is called the 13 it's not yeah. really about razor 13 but i'm ryan 13 so right i love that it, name with you you know and well that's uh, al, al shire was like just call it the 13 because he calls me 13 and i was like okay <laughs> that's kind of cool man that's kind of cool I've, I've always known you as ryan 13 that's but yeah. the lead singer six past hell used to call me chuck all the time and and big mike <laughs> like they, he called big mike one day and was like hey so how's your bass player chuck doing and was like chuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> jr yeah, yeah jr he was a very very nice guy he's, he's yeah. he is a nice guy yeah absolutely i think they're actually doing a reunion show soon I, that's awesome man the scott awesome. i don't know if scott I really told loved me. those guys man i've worked i i sorry to interrupt but i practiced with them in uh francisco Stute, no rock center and they were oh, next yeah. door to me and so well, when we rock was center was near the beltway right no or rock center is off of like hillcroft oh at, that and one. bel okay. actually bel air it's off of okay. bel air on a street called ashcroft it's kind of close to uh, Southpaw Guitars. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 They were next door, and I would finish jamming. I would go there and hang out and jam, you know, watch them jam and stuff like that. Sure. And uh, befriended each other, man. I, we were always, you know, seemed like from the same core, man. And uh, their drummer, Rob, is absolutely one of the sweetest dudes ever, man. Yeah. Scott's Still to this right. day, Scott's all right. <laughs> Scott's all right. He's actually, I asked Scott to do uh, dudes, to do this like, with me too. I think Scott's going to do it um, next weekend or the weekend after. Awesome, is, so. man. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited, dude. I, this is literally me just wanting to hang out, talk with my friends again, because the cool. pandemic messed everything up and messed me up up here. And Same. then like, I'm kind of coming out of it and wanting to be creative in a different way and I love music and I love my friends and my friends love music. So what better way to, I don't know, just figure out how to be creative, but to do something like this. Now I get well, to learn how I, to do video editing. <laughs> yeah. I sincerely thank you for creating the space for us to share it today. Oh I, man. Thank I, do, you. I very appreciate that actually. And you made the effort to actually after pandemic, I totally, um, you know, I'm with you um, on same sentiments about, you know, all that's happened to all of us, you know, yeah. across across the planet. Um, but yeah, I thank you for like, again, creating this sacred little space for us to talk about our music. Yeah. No, but thank you for coming on, man. This, I mean, this means the world to me getting to have my all pleasure. my friends come on. Absolute pleasure. Super fun. Being. And then I get to see you again. We haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. Likewise, man. Uh, so, okay. One, I have a list. Like I'm trying to be professional. Um, <laughs> let's see. I really just want to bullshit, but the list kind of gives me, uh, you know, a nav helps me navigate a little bit. Right. So the first thing I want to talk about, which is random and I want to get to, uh, first of all, I want to get to your guitar, but, but before we get to the guitar, I want to talk about that studio, you, me, big Mike, and I guess I think we called him boss at the time. Brandon went Brandon, to go. Yeah. We went to go record like above a T-shirt factory. Is that right? Like, and we You're were recording. absolutely right. Yeah, that was Gene's place. And he had a big self screening shop with like so many automatic presses. And yeah, he had like, I don't know, the dude had like 30 employees. You know, it was yeah. a big production. And upstairs he had built a studio that was just like amazing, man. And it was like, yeah. we practiced there. And it was awesome that he had actually done that. 
And he, outside of the studio upstairs that he had built, all around it, up, up there, like the attic area, he yeah, had yeah. bought everything from 101 KLOL when they had closed it down. Wow. I didn't know. I didn't know that part, but it makes sense. Yeah. All these old tape decks and all this stuff he added. And, uh, you know, Gene lives in Costa Rica now. Does he? I'm going to, yeah, he had an accident in Houston. He, uh, he was working the forklift, you know, he had an accident at work and he hit his head. Yeah. Okay. So he just said later. And then I think yeah. he may have gotten a little, um, I don't know. I've, I've, I've recently conversed with him and he seems fine. He, he, I'm no, I don't know if you've been to Costa Rica. I've been, I have not. I've been fortunate enough to do some guitar clinics there. It's hard to put into words, you know, some places. Sure. And that's definitely one of those places. It's like heaven on earth. It's got the most amazing beaches. Right. When I was there, I had a day off and there was a holiday. So everyone was going to the beach. So the guy I was with from the music store and then my rep, they took me to the mountains. Oh, I did nice. not expect that in Costa Rica. I was looking out the window in just complete awe the whole time while they were in the front seats, catching up on their past and whatnot. I couldn't believe it. And then we ended up in this restaurant and um, you know how we drink iced tea in Texas and stuff sure. like that. They have right. the strawberry drink, you know, and they bring okay. it in and they refill it for you. And I'm thinking that's kind of dense strawberry, right? It was the most refreshing thing I've ever had. But one thing I like to do when I'm doing clinics or when I'm out uh, doing certain things, when people pick me up from the local countries and stuff like that is uh, when we go out to eat, that's really, really exciting for me. I love cuisine from the, around the planet. Sure. And, you know, when they give me a menu, I just push it forward, man. I'm like, you tell me what I should get. That's you know, right. Like, I really yeah. like to be surprised. And I've never been let down. I'm talking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I've never been let, let down. I've been in Nicaragua, and I've had like a meat meat uh, thing going on over there. That was just like, oh, what is going on? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing people. Like a hibiscus drink. And like, I tasted some really interesting stuff that I wish I could like somehow bring back here. But, uh. You know that's part of the, part of the experience, and it was hell yeah. Gene's Dude. place, going back to Gene's place. I, I go from one place to another because sure. Gene went to Costa Rica, and I'm actually going to go visit him there. Oh, that's awesome! Possibly do another clinic while I'm there. Hell yeah! Hey, well, man. tell him I said hi, man, because some of my my best memories of starting Razor Thirteen was going there, recording Black Tooth Grin, Life Uncertain, and another song just just demos you know but we had i had a blast because i'm like i'm in a real studio <laughs> yeah yeah you were the, always the you were the baby i was the little one yeah you yeah know? you were the and young guy because big mike was older than you and uh yep. j-rab and then yep. the boss. boss yeah i had the boss boss actually uh, made me a present he made my logo i think he's got it uh, my marzi thing he's got it yeah. tattooed on him oh cool yeah, yeah that's awesome Hey, I don't remember that or no. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. I mean, he, you know, he loved tattoos. He was like, he was like, uh, so if he, when he came over to Houston and he goes, so um, if you get a Marzi tattoo, does that, does that make, does that give you ranking in the Marzi army? I was something like that. I go, what do you mean? Then he goes, and he, and he shows me his tattoo. I'm like, whoa, he's got my set. That's cool. So he did that with a, with a I think uh, it was a charcoal painting. Yeah, and okay. I just hung in my living room, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I have something from him too. Uh, when I got met, when me and my wife got married eight eight years ago or whatever, he came to the wedding and he brought me this window 
it was like the window frame, the wooden window frame out of an old building. And he had somehow etched into the glass or painted some stuff onto the glass, this really nice phrase or whatever. It's and it's so hung, awesome. Yeah. And it's hung up in our, uh, in our living room right now. It's one of our favorite pieces. I love that. I love that. Yeah, Especially it's, when you take old, old pieces and you re, you give them life, you know? Yeah. Repurpose them and stuff. You know, it's yeah. Brandon's a super nice I came, guy. I, absolutely. He's super sweet. I came from Colorado just, uh, just like a week or so ago. I saw that. How was that? That was amazing. That was amazing. But I wanted, wanted to, uh, I, you know, I have my own signature guitars and whatnot, but there's right. a body design that I had designed years ago and uh, it never came to fruition. And uh, I have so many models coming out. So for the next couple of years and whatnot, I'm not going to be able to like introduce anything new. Okay. This luthier I met and uh, his name is Austin Van Dyke. And um, when we were touring with Exhorter, I met him in Denver and he said he wanted to build me a guitar. And I was like floored. And um, I sent him the sketch and then I went to one evening i was able to actually go and visit him in uh while i was again i was working out there you know uh, sure. but one night i was able to get a ride and go see this young man he's only 28 you know he oh, had wow. like you know, yeah he had his stuff together man a yeah beautiful, beautiful family you know um a daughter younger son you know that had just gotten like a doberman puppy it was like i was like in heaven nice. but you know he calls his guitar company rebirth um guitar company and what he does is he sees trees that are dying because he was showing me signs and stuff like that i don't know he's been doing woodwork all his life i'm not familiar okay. with that kind of yeah stuff. and he cuts them down himself and gives them and then turns and turns them into guitars that's amazing yeah and so he gives them a new life so based on what we were just talking about you know new you know rebirth yeah perfect taking, taking things that are already there and just yeah, creating something new with it and I saw that I, you know, I like we keep each other. I, I keep up with you on social media. Me and Doug, when we did our podcast the other day, he was like, he said, I can't remember how he phrased it, but he said it very Doug like <laughs> that's how we keep it. You know, that's how we keep up with each other, brothers on the socials. And like, yeah, it's, it's right. true. Everybody's got their own thing going. We got life happening and stuff. That's but like I saw that picture of of the body that the guy made for you and that thing looked cool as hell man so cool yeah that's my design but that's him carving it and like you know like the, the back with the cherry maple was it maple yeah yeah in the back and then, and then uh i forget the all the woods that he used See, like, like exotic woods and sure. it was just out there and it's a seven string and he's oh, actually nice. offered to build me a six and an eight string because wow. he has he has the template and he's like why not i mean i didn't even ask him it was like <laughs> i was leaving going where did this kid come from i love him man like you know so it's like you said man there's so many good people on this planet man there are there's so many good people i've gone from here to moscow and back and like i haven't been to the far east but i've been you know far east like eastern europe right and south america you know central america canada and all that i haven't done hawaii but, you know, like I said, I haven't been to the Far East. I would love to go to Japan, but I haven't done that yet. But people are kind. People are nice. You get a small percentage that are like shitty, like 10%. Yeah. And those people, you know, those people make the like most old. noise. And that's why you see them on the TV because this small amount yeah, of people. You know, yeah. yeah, it's not, it's like, like America is not exempt from like 
having shitty media and sure. and, 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 and then concentrating on the negativity to, to right. do what it does. Uh, every country has it, man. Yeah. They, they have, they create propaganda. They, they create their diversion. I mean, look at where I'm from, man. I could try to keep my mouth shut because I just don't want the, the retaliation. Yeah. Right. From these extreme governmental type, I mean, because where I come from, what I do for a living is illegal. It's, it's considered satanic. And uh, yeah, there was a ban. There was a ban from over there not too long ago. I like. Just, I, I, yeah, I forget their name, but they just contacted me on social media. Actually, oh, and awesome. They, they had they had to run away to Turkey, and then they finally exiled to uh, like I don't know what country they're in. They're in some some Western country. Sure, now. right. Like well, good because they. Were, I heard their stuff, and they were pretty good. Yeah, man, they're good, man, and they're trying. And you have to understand these people that are that are playing music in Iran or like in uh, like they got the same love for heavy metal and rock and any kind of music. Right. They don't have equipment, man. They don't right. have. It's like you can't go to guitar center and buy stuff. It's really hard for Persians or like anybody in the poorer countries or like you know to obtain equipment. And then when you do, you got to go underground with it because uh. because. Their theocracy is so fucking backwards. Yeah. Their, their, their government is so fucking wickedly evil. It's, right. it's beyond belief. And I'm not just saying things because it's my opinion. It's the yeah. truth. It's the truth. I'm right. Depress people and they take this kind of music, which is just a music, is just an expression. Uh, to me, Absolutely. like, dude, you could, you could, you could it's, a, it's, it's the same thing, man. It's like good and evil. It's like, it's a fucking same thing. We're yeah. here. And I, so, so for me, if you're writing some songs about the, the Satan and this and that, I'm not bothered by it, man. Right. I'm not going to be bothered with it. So you do your thing, but over there, you could just play heavy metal and you get tagged as it. And then, you know, these guys had to leave and they told me that if they went back or they were facing like six to eight or 10 years of prison time. And then this ridiculous part that you put down and 148 lashes. Oh, God. I, I, and I replied, I was like, man, better than 150. And then, yeah, I was just joking, but I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, people right. really, like, that's cruelty, man. It, absolutely. Yeah. This is, we, there's, there's places in the world that are strange, man. I'm glad those guys got, those guys got out. Yeah. I'm glad they got out. I, in a sense, man, to be honest with you, I was like on a, on a forefront of all that because of my dad. Okay. My dad yeah. saw, my dad saw, a revolution and an uprising coming up in Iran in like 78 and stuff like that. And it was all actually the American government was instilling all this stuff. They put that government there. That's a theocracy and they go to war with each other, but they're actually probably having dinner with each other. You know, that's the fucked up thing about this world and the politicians They don't really don't care about us. But my dad, my father brought us to America and we moved to Houston for this very reason to escape all that and to be far from it. And, uh, it gave me an opportunity, regardless of how alone I was, because when I got here, my mother and my brother left the very summer we got here. So just a few months after being here, they left. And when they left, um, my brother's visa had expired. And then the notorious uh, Americans being taken hostage over there happened. And so it diplomatically, it destroyed everything. So oh, here man. I am living a normal life. I come to America, everything's really weird. I don't speak the language, but hey, I got mom and dad and my little brother and they leave, they leave and I don't get to see them while I'm being raised in this country, pretty much on the streets. 
because I did not have a father figure. My yeah. father was like an abusive, abusive man. So anytime I saw him was either getting my ass kicked or being verbally abused. That's it. Or he would drag me with him wherever the hell he wanted to, mostly right. titty bars, that where I would have to sit in a car and he'd, right. be, he'd be inside bars doing whatever the hell he was doing. But here's the deal. I always say I'm self-taught, right? But it's right. really not true. Those nights that he was leaving me in his car, I was jamming a 101 KLOL. I'd actually, actually, when I was growing up, we had another station that ended up being KLT being country, but 100 was also a rock station. So okay. 101 and 100 were like, 101 maintained to be one and then turned to 97 rock. But it was, it was everything yeah. to my virgin ears. Pink yeah. Floyd, Van Halen, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath. You know, I mean, dude, man, my life, cheap trick. I can go on and on and on and on. Classic rock is in my roots and my blood. So my, my whole story has been kind of like organic. Yeah. I've never, I never had a guy go, hey, man, check this out. It was just like things that I discovered on my own. Like the first time I heard Funeral for a Friend uh, from um, uh, Elton John. It's just epic instrumental beginning. I was like, whoa. Then it landed to a song. It looked... Took me on a journey. Zeppelin would take me on a journey. Pink yeah, Floyd did oh, that with yeah. the, took me on a journey. And you know, Van Halen just kicked my ass, man. Yeah. That Dude, was my to this those day. Are, those are yeah, those are all I'm uh I agree. Those are all all me too. Same stuff. Maybe maybe at a different slightly different time because uh, you know, I'm a little younger, but like yeah. the exact same group um yeah i understand what you're saying because of the, the longevity of of quality yeah you know you can't deny it man when something's that good it's it's you know it's organic it came Absolutely. from it came from like a you know the, the, there was no there wasn't a digital age and so anything from overdub into all the backwards stuff they were doing zeppelin freakishly did some weird things man and oh, like yeah. you know or their first album was in 69 or something with the backwards echo. Oh, what yeah, I mean yeah. by that is like right before Robert Plant would go way down inside, you know, and then we hear that's an echo, right? But yeah. you actually, they had the echo coming first. They were like, faint. Then he would say it. I'm like, yeah. dude, yeah. you know, so, you know, all these things that I learned later in life, like how to do it, you know, kind of like sure. the reverse reverb that goes, ah, you know, with the vocal. Oh, yeah. So when I first, okay, so I'd known you from Guitar Center or not Guitar Center. I've known you from Mars Music or whatever, but then Big Mike took me to one of your shows. But yeah, anyway, so I saw, I see you up on stage with this gold top slaying this thing, playing this. I'm, I'm literally watching you play the guitar, but it sounds like a violin. And Big Mike's sitting there looking at me like, I fucking <laughs> told you. And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah, I've been a huge fan. Thank God we're friends, but been a huge fan of yours ever since. In serious, too. thanks, man. Like the way you the way you figured out tone, how to sit there and mess with that. I think that was a line. If I remember right, it was a line six, the green one, right? The looper. DL four, DL four. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, like, actually, I would it would have a sampler. Yeah, and I would sample live, live, and it, and it didn't have a memory bank. So yeah, it didn't, okay. you couldn't you couldn't keep anything. So sure. literally live, you would have to pull off the you know pull off the. I would do three things to stack apart, but right. I was, it was going to be a part of a song. But I I had to do it and be, like you got to hit 
you gotta hit shit you know you gotta clean on, it on time and then yeah. you gotta kill it on time. on time and when the band comes back in you gotta hit that son of a bitch with your foot while you're yeah. playing guitar but it was you were cool. masterful at that i learned how to do it and that was it was the dl4 man i could do, i could have done clinics on that guy and i hear they got the new new one coming out i ended up moving away and um the dl4 that i was using at the time robbed always six dbs from my tone it robbed me so if i plugged into any head and i had a tone you know, my delay always has to go through the effects loop. So right. when I would when I would engage this guy, it would whoop, it would put a blanket on my tone. Oh. I had to use buffers and this and that, and I it's it so sort of colored my tone. I ended up moving to Pictronics. Pictronics was transparent, so okay. I used wow. the delay and I used it because I could unplug and plug in the uh, the effects loop, and the amp sounds exactly the same. And then oh, that's and, great. And then the effects become part of the head, part of that tone. Again, the best word for it is transparent. They're transparent. You know, they're there when you can hear and feel them. Yeah. It's just like, it's not up front, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, dude, that was some of, those was just, I mean, I literally, like the engine room. I mean, I could get into it. Like other people don't know, but like, I just remember watching this and being like, okay, home skillet. And yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm being real nice right now, but like, you're fucking great, dude. You're a really good guitar player. That's, one of the reasons why I gravitated towards you and wanted to hang out with you all the time because I was a guitar player at heart. But, you know, Big Mike just showed up one day and was like, here's a bass. And I was like, what's this for? He's like, yeah, you're going to play <laughs> bass in this band. I was like, oh, OK. You did a great job, man. I, oh, I, well, I, I have uh, I enjoyed so much. Uh, I like to bring one up. Remember, uh, we played a show together in South by Southwest in Austin. Yeah. And, um, uh, they're, they're Big Mike. The key bar. Keybar, but correct, correct. And it was like, you know, people walking outside on the 6th Street, you could see them. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Dave TV, I believe, uh, you know, filmed the whole thing. And there was a big Mike wore overalls. You know, he had yeah. this look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there was a guy, and shaved head. There, there was a guy that had his same outfit that was working the door that day. I don't know if you remember. I was like, look, big Mike, it's look, you. Big Mike, while I was, while I was playing, I was <laughs> because I, I i got the recording yeah yeah 13 you know and oh, no yeah. yeah yeah in fact you were in a car accident and i and i and i, I, had and been, I yeah yeah I, yeah I remember this because i remember it was like i said something over the mic about you healing or something like that yeah yeah you were and there was another guy that played either before or after us and he had like braids in his hair that were fake but he had like belts like belts oh. yeah so weird like, you know, I like to thank Ryan Thirteen. You know, uh, I mean, I mean, Razor Thirteen, and my man with the belts in his hair, and then, uh, <laughs> then I was like, "Hey, Big Mike, look at you!" And uh, it was, it was, it's funny, dude. Was it was, like, dude, that was a fun night. That was a fun night. Like that was a real fun night. Like I don't know why. I, I mean, we played, we had played other shows together. Like I mean, from earlier iterations of Razor Thirteen. Like I think we played Ardmore, Oklahoma together. We played Waco. We did. Oh my goodness. Waco man. together. You guys came to that studio that we Dude, um, Ardmore, Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh my lord. The, the Tivoli. Like Tivoli. Feet long, man. Yeah. I, I, have, I have a lot of guitar cabinets. You know, I never used them all. Never. <laughs> that show, I had to use them all. Yeah, and, dude. Uh, I'll never forget that one. I don't know if it was the first time we played Oklahoma or the second time, but one of those times I went there with a brand new and I've never had anything brand new in my life. Yeah. I had a brand new Black Les Paul, man. Custom oh. Black Les Paul. 
and uh, we went to the um, oh, actually, Big Mike and was with me, and I was going to show it to him. I even remember, like, close your eyes, and uh, he closed his eyes, and uh, I showed it to him because it had I had put all Chrome hardware on it. Nice. And I even yeah. I didn't let him play it. I was like, just look at it, bro. Don't no, I don't want to touch it. this. Yeah. So we, you know, we put it. You know, he, I, I just shut the case. I didn't even take it out of the case. And then we go to the venue. When we get to the venue, he says, you want me to help you like polish the back of the neck? And I, and I was like, or like something, get you ready. And he was yeah, very sure. helpful. And I said, sure, man. And uh, he goes, hey, man, I, I don't think you want to see this. And I have I've never played that guitar. And my bass player had put it in the back of like the truck to get there or something. And I think he had dropped it, but I saw it happen too. It was like an inch, like, like, like just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It split the headstock like that. Oh my God. I was grabbing the headstock and pushing it and hitting the low E. It was going, mm, mm. it was like, I felt like I walked in on like my girlfriend being, you know, like, like cheating. On me. <laughs> I, yeah. I it was, oh my God. Like a guitar, like, I don't know. Yeah, it was like devastating. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh. And I just from there on, I remember playing a show, and um, that's it. There was a big stage. Yeah, there was a crazy, huge. crazy girls up front taking their clothes off, like the yep. shirts that off. Was Ardmore, Oklahoma, man. Gene was like, "Look at that," and I was looking at that and going, "Geez, man, please put your shirt back up." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had fun, man. I'm so. Freaking glad you brought that Oklahoma gig and the Waco gig and and, and the uh, engine room gig and stuff like that. I got another gig. Well, actually, no. I think I think this is Oklahoma, and I think this has somebody. I could be wrong. I I could be wrong, but somebody we were with. I feel like it was Brian, but it could be wrong. Yeah, somebody, Brian Buscemi. Yeah, old lady took off, and we found her in a dumpster. <laughs> by a dumpster. Oh, it was we, by a dumpster. Okay. Yeah. We play a show and our, our, uh, you know, Brian Buscemi is one of my best friends, man. His, uh, she has passed since, you know. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, man. That he sucks. Was this, uh, lady and I guess, you know, drugs and alcohol doesn't mix and stuff like that. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. if she was on it, but somehow she got in a fight and then took off. Okay, and here we yeah. are trying to leave to come back to Texas. That's right. And our road manager's girlfriend is missing. So we're driving these streets in oklahoma like like you yeah know, we don't know where we're at and then we found her like like some side street by my dumpster <laughs> okay yeah man well that's really sad to hear that she passed away but like yeah Those like so, that yeah. that that night was like well we're done with the show we have to we're leaving we're not staying in this state we're going home right uh, or uh, and we could that wasn't our story because of what happened yeah <laughs> I know. We also, I remember now something else, man. Rock Bar, brother. Yeah. We played a good show at Rock we Bar. Did. In fact, in Actually, fact, it was a uh, great show at Rock Bar. Yeah. Me and Big Mike played together. I had a, I had my, uh, you know, like I got on stage. There's pictures of us because he had the dime razor back and okay. I had the gold top. And there's a picture of, of us and there's Doug's on there too. Doug's yeah. singing. Yeah. So that was our last show that we played together. And I believe maybe the last time I was on stage with you guys is where I was actually filling in for Big Mike. Yeah, that's right. And like I said, today on Facebook, it popped up or at least the tagged version. It's you and me are tagged in it. So if you look at your Facebook memories or whatever, it, it's on there and it's you only really see your arm and half of your guitar. 
but you see Doug right in the middle and uh, I think Al's over here and I'm off in the back somewhere. Oh right yeah. 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 I know that picture. I know yeah, that picture. And I, I was I, like, if I'm not mistaken, either Kelly Watson or Mike Madison. These two are two like really good friends. Like, you know, especially to Kelly with Doug, he goes way back with him. I, I believe it was, it was one of those two cats that uh, took those pictures. Right on. So that show for you guys listening, uh, Marzi learned the songs like two hours beforehand backstage. And I mean, and we got up there and we had a whole lot of fun, but he showed up. He was like, oh, uh, yeah. So, hey, somebody, Al, show me the songs. <laughs> I had no clue, man. <laughs> Al was really gracious with his time. He was thorough with his time, patient. And what I did was like get the gist of it. Sure. And then I would take notes and I've never taken notes before, you know, but yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, write the song title down and I would write notes, whatever they may have been at the time. I wish I had them, but they were like cheap, cheap notes, you know, like a little cheat sheet. Okay. Go here. Uh, yeah, C, to, G, B. Right. Solo, whatever. this and that. And I can, and I kind of like absorbed it very, very quickly. And I was trying to retain the memory because I knew that I wasn't worried about it afterwards, but I just wanted to get on stage and not fuck up. And yeah, then, yeah. and I I had a blast because I love you guys like family. Yeah, did Doug I. is Doug is more than an inspiration. He's more than a brother. You know, it's just like he was. Right. He's he's an icon, man. He's a legend. He's just he's so much, and he's humble and he's kind and and I, I still was like uh, for me it was a big deal. I didn't want to be up there as his equal. For me, it was like it's like man, I'm getting to jam with my heroes, man. Yeah, and it was the same thing. We we shared the stage one more time uh, at Dime Fest in Los in California in Hollywood somewhere. Okay, and uh, we jammed um, two songs or one. I don't forget. But Dave Lombardo played drums for us. Oh, cool! And that was that's that was, cool. Oh, so cool! Especially when Dave Lombardo runs up to you, me and Doug, because me and Doug are shooting the shit, and Dave comes up and he goes, "Hey, how's it going, guys?" He goes, four count, right?" And when Doug and I look at each other, we're like, no, bro. And we don't, I'm sorry, by the way, we do manic depression. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, okay. The whole thing is in threes. Yeah. So we kind of chuckled and said, no, man, three. The whole thing is three. And we did. Dave, if you go back and watch it, Dave still did four. <laughs> he okay. went, psst. On the third hit, we Doug and I went bah, nah, nah, but Dave would hit the fourth I hit and was like and fell apart. And then he came on. <laughs> <laughs> he got back on in the second one. And um and we continued to play it. And I just learned it like uh, you know, I had learned that song and this love. Oh yeah. I uh, just just kind of like a week before I got up there to play it. I played this love with Mark Zavon, a killer guitar player, beautiful person from a band called Kill Devil Hill. Yeah. We jammed that, and then uh, I think prior to that date of doing that, I had done the Randy Rhodes gig because it yeah. was all during Nam, and that was a big blessing because I got to jam with both Rudy Sarzo at one time, and then Phil Sasson playing bass. Yeah, so they wow. were both, you know, you know, Phil Sasson played with Ozzy and wrote the song "Shot in the Dark." He wrote it, so I didn't know that. And his la his last wow. uh, band when he was in England was signed to swan song label which was led zeppelin's label wow yeah Good ozzy song. just came out with a new song today too. i heard everybody ozzy came out with song. song megadeth ozzy megadeth spirit box i'm missing someone oh king's x of course king's, king's x, x today um 
like today was new music or new single day apparently it was killer i ozzy's i heard has jeff beck featuring on this song yeah i haven't heard it that's that right there you know rises my curiosity and i heard he's got a lot of guest artists on this and i'm glad i'm glad it's ozzy it's unbelievable talent man that he's still doing this thing man yeah no shit yeah he's yeah i've always been a fan i've been a fan since i can remember in fact big mike turned me on to ozzy he also turned me on to iron maiden slayer i'd already known who metallica was but like he you know he got me my core uh growing up he also i had a guitar but big mike could play one <laughs> you big know Mike's, i, I he, couldn't he, he's so talented and, and in fact every time i've sat down with that dude I've seen him do something I've never seen before. I don't know where he, like, he might've got it from Greg Howe. He might've got it from John Petrucci, wherever he got it from. It's like, it was alien shit to me. And I would always like, dude, show me how to do that. He's probably one of the few guitar, but he probably doesn't even want to even take credit or even know this, but he should know that I've picked up a lot of stuff from Big Mike because we used to sit there and he would show me these things. And I'm like, dude, that is interesting. And then that's communication. Absolutely. You know, that's when you give a part of yourself, when you open up, not chit chatter, like talking shit yeah. about this or shit, but like going, you know, open yourself up and you're like, hey man, check this out. It's like the most beautiful thing about guitar players too, with like trade licks. I don't know if like, I don't get to do it anymore, but every time I get a chance, when I was in, when I was in Colorado, I got to do it. My friend Shane Corley is like, the dude got me to go there to play leads on his uh, musical. But uh, I, I saw him play and I was like, why do he need me, man? <laughs> He's so talented, man. He was so talented. And he explained to me that I have a particular thing that he wanted. So right on. I, I appreciate it. And I went there and gave, gave him that which he wa- wished for. But while I was there in the studio, they have a friend came up. I don't know the dude's last name. It was named Greg. He's, I would call him a country gentleman because right. he reminded me of Eric Johnson mixed with Chet Atkins. And okay. it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Then he let me play. He makes his guitars, you know? Yeah, yeah. He gives me this guitar to play. It's got 11s on it, tuned standard. And I, I can't even, like, bend the string on it. <laughs> and I play 10s, but I was like, dude, you're this good and you're playing this? He's like, I brought this guitar because it's easy to play. I usually play, like, he's like Stevie Ray. He plays 13s okay. and stuff. Right, right. That's wow. some other kind of power. I don't, I don't, I don't have that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> That's crazy. Um speaking of guitars the priestess thank you let us talk about this amazing first of all it has the body shape that i've always liked and i mean all the way i love i'm not going to call it explorer like but it's got that it's got that flow and that vibe that cool fucking look to it how first of all how did you uh meet up with the people to get this done so the story with the priestess starts actually in two, around 2000 and maybe 13. Yeah. It started, it started with me uh, getting with Washburn. Okay. Yeah. So I was okay. a Washburn right. artist and right. I was doing this and that. And then Gil, so Gil, their um, vice president had taken me to a musician's friend in California to do videos for this line that had coming out called Parallax. Okay. And he, sat down with me and he basically wrote a game plan down and he said, you know, let's do this and let's do that and that and that. And he just birded it out. He goes, 
in a couple of years, we'll give you a signature guitar. I wasn't even expecting this. Wow. Um, I was always going for a signature amp with Mike Fortin. That's what I wanted. Yeah. The guitar wasn't, even in my hopes and dreams that I would write down on paper, I had never even thought about a signature guitar. It really wasn't even in my mind. Yeah. But an amp, for some reason, I wanted a signature amp. I don't know why. Um, but they um, introduced me to my beautiful now friend. His name is Greg RTA, and he lives in uh, Amsterdam. And okay. he was part of Parallax team. He was like the creator. So they had all these designs that Sam sent to me and I demoed the guitars and I loved them. And then eventually him and I started working together like that year. And in 2015, between two years of going back and forth and kind of fighting with each other, <laughs> not bad, but sure. artist, right. artistically, artistically. Yeah, absolutely. He was making his points and I was just going, no, I don't want, you know, he, he, well, basically Greg came in with the edges sharp edges and i wanted the guitar to look more feminine i wanted it to be more firebirdish because yeah. i was coming from a firebird uh yeah. thing and all my guitars got the raised middle all sure. of sure yeah and uh so i kept with that and i kind of got the body going and then I, I remember going to nam and they had me a hotel room and there was i went into the hotel room and there was a guitar case there i was by myself i had single friend around me no camera not nothing. It was just me in this guitar yeah. case. When I opened it up, there was the first priestess. So we put this thing together and uh, I picked this guitar up and just played it. And it was amazing. It was it was acoustically, I, you know, I like to play guitar, electric guitars without an amp first. Yeah. To hear what they sound like. And it sounded great. But I went and my hand intercepted the bottom horn on my prototype. Okay. So right. my proto, you know, and I went in there next morning and all the team, the Washburn team, like, what do you think of the guitar? I'm like, it's freaking amazing, but I can only play up to the 22nd fret. It had 24. Yeah. And they kind of panicked because they were thinking, man, if we cut this cosmetically and, you know, do you, you know, just the balance of things, somehow they did it. They, okay. sw they took this much off. So now I can like go up to the 24. Fast forward. Um, Ola England, who was also with Washburn and Greg moved away and they created a company called Solar Guitars. Yeah. And um, I love Washburn and I'm, you know, I'm still actually a Washburn acoustic artist. I got an email from Solar and it said, our beloved Marzi, we miss you and all that stuff. And it was just like heartwarming. Yeah. But right. in that first email was a picture of the new Solar. In that first email was a pic of the of the guitar to be the new Solar uh, and the new Priestess uh, presented by Solar. So this was on a Wednesday. The phone call came on a Thursday. Monday morning from Spain, there was two guitars sitting outside of my house close oh, to the wow. gallery. I was like, wow. So we started there. And then what, what the guitars were, were their E series, which are Explorer type with the thing. They were like 22 fret guitars. They were like, tell us what you think. We'll make this 24 fret, modify this, modify that, and give you signature guitar, which is, I have the first E type, um, 24 fret by Solar. So wow. that, that's killer. And the same thing happened with the Solar. The first one they gave me, the prototype, it was just a little too shy, yeah. too shy at the end. And I was like, man, so I have two guitars here that are uh, prototypes from two different companies that are, ex that are just one of a kind. 
because wow. they went and modified it before they mass produced it. They yeah, fixed yeah. it. I didn't even have to play it. I remember Greg calling me and going, you're going to be more than pleased, I'm sure. And he's truly right. I go up to the 24th fret while playing up and the back of my hand doesn't hit anything. That's so it's awesome. got the Stevens cutaway in the back. The guitar is really well balanced. And uh, I used a different wood. I, I went with Alder instead of mahogany on this one, but it's still the priestess and it still sounds killer. And it's still yeah. as, uh, as the push pull where you're able to tap into uncoiled, you know, single coiled types tones and stuff like that. Sure. So it's kind of versatile, man. I got to play country licks on it the other day in the studio and it what, sounded uh, like a telly. What, yeah. What pickups are in there? Currently, they yeah. are solar designed Duncans. Okay. And, uh, and I love them. They, they offered me any pickup in the world that I wanted to. And I usually used to use, I've been a Seymour Duncan guy all of my life. Sure. I've uh, experimented with a lot of others, but a JB and a 59 or a JB or a jazz were like my go-to things. And uh, on the Washburn, they came that way. When they created their own solar, you know, yeah. uh, Seymour's, I played it. I played it through my amp and I was like, this is perfect. I don't want anything else. Nice. So it brought the price point down a little bit. The guitar is really affordable. Uh, the Priestess is very, very affordable. Nice. For a signature guitar, I think it's like eleven ninety nine or ten ninety nine. Wow. It's not that much for a signature yeah. guitar. And so speaking of it, if you don't mind, I will go ahead and just like blurt out something that I've been keeping for a while now. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I can't show you pictures of it and I won't tell you how many string it has on it, <laughs> but I will tell you that I have a new new guitar coming in August from Washburn. Oh, awesome. I will say that the color on it is an ode to the city of Houston. Oh, and, um, awesome. And I'm going to do a photo shoot with actually a, a 67 um, Plymouth GTO that's actually the same color. And okay. um, also the guy is from Houston. So, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not like a like an ode to the city in the sense of love, not to say like, right. I belong this and that and we're better than that. And right? like none of that, man. Right. We're right. all children of God living here Absolutely. and these imaginary invisible lines that we created and call them borders to separate us and all that. I right. never have believed in any of it. I've never fought for any of it. I'm just uh, thankful and fortunate to be an artist, a musician to like give back to life that yeah. I'm living um, to, to you, to my friends, to my family. And then the, the people that love music, call them fans, call them whatever. We're all the same to give them something with substance and some something like, like let's say that all the pain and all that youth growing up on the streets and all that, you know, added with all the shit that came after it, you know, yeah. failed relationships, you know, the backstabbings, but for like close friends, all the things that you and I have shared in sure. different realms, but every, right. everybody goes through it. I took all of that and I fueled it to play with emotion. And yeah. I wanted to always play with my heart. And I ended, I, and so looking back now, whatever I did, I played it from my heart. Though I wasn't, I didn't know what scales were. I didn't know what yeah. any chords and stuff were like. I was just right. figuring it out. And then I eventually learned the modes. I mean, like noodling. By noodling so much, I eventually learned the modes, like the harmonic minor scale, the melodic minor scale. I learned a few this and a few that and that. So I picked up, you know, so I yeah, would say absolutely. I'm self-taught, 
but I'm not self-taught. I'm, you know, there's so many great men and women before me have paved the way to make it rather easy, even prior to um, YouTube, which is like sure. the most amazing tool now. Because it like, it's not it's not bad to be able to tap into this information and to, to start off over here. Guitar playing is on another level, man. It you is. know, the, the cat from Periphery and his, his oh. style. I've heard this, like John McLaughlin, Aldi Miola, and Paco Delucci. I've heard them do all this stuff. Sure. And in a modern day, a young guy like that, to take musicality and instrumental right. music to this level, it's amazing. And then Mateus Sato, I forget his last name. The Brazilian guy that looks Japanese. I think he's Japanese that was raised. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his last name either. Plays like water. Yeah. Like, I, how do you explain that? Water. He he moves chords like people slide notes. Yeah. He moves chords like that as he's as he's moving. He's like he moves chords, and it's like it's when I hear him play, it's chord melody. Chord melody playing is you know bass, guitar, you know yeah. rhythm, melody, all of it, all in once. You know, and um, I hear freedom. You know. And it gives me hopes to want to like it. It's making me, and still to this day, since I'm unorthodox and self-taught, yeah. I'm doing nothing but learning, man. Right. Like Hell all yeah. the time, all the time. Not that I sit here religiously watch it because I don't have sure. the time for it. Right. But I do pick up. I do pick up. Sometimes something will come on uh, Instagram and I'll screen record it. Um, the, you know, Zach Wild said, I don't even know, 15, 15, 20 years ago or something. I heard him in an interview. And they asked him like, well, do you still, do you still practice or whatever? He goes, uh, he said something like, fuck yeah, I still got a guitar teacher. <laughs> and it was Zach Wild, you know? So it's like you, I think always learning is, is part, you have to. You know, being young and being, at, while I, when I was young and then having a hero like Randy Rhodes and yeah. picking up Guitar World and Guitar Player Magazine and hearing this guy continuously talk, like, like, it's it's it goes with him like the legacy he left behind i think everybody knows in his interviews when he was touring with ozzy yeah he would look for a local guitar teacher to go get a lesson from right this guy was 24 years old was yeah. a guitar teacher yep. he wanted to be so much better and in most cases he ended up giving the guitar lesson himself right you know to the guy because he was the, he had more expertise but yeah. he went and actually sought it he went know, saw yeah. after something after perfection after just being better and randy rhodes i ended i ended up having a guitar given to me by a guitar teacher chad ibison who was introduced to me by big mike oh my god you know chad incredible guitar yeah player. yeah chad's chad's amazing i think he lives in austin now and he's still doing his classical stuff i love that guy to death but he him and his got brother a, both yeah he got a guitar from big mike's little brother what that was a Randy Rhodes flying V it was, it was red and it had the little tiger stripes in it. And it was a Jackson and it was fantastic. And I had it for like 10 years and then Gabe wanted it back. And I guess that's, that, I've never seen it. I shouldn't have never given it back. to him. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have the, the razor back too. big Mike gave me the razor back. It's sitting here in the closet waiting for him to reclaim it. Yeah. He needs to be, play I think, uh, he, uh, and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but Big Mike is a very, very talented person. I he's know that super he plays, talented. He, he composes music and whatever he's doing, he's just, whatever he plays or touches, man, it's like, kind of like next level. 
speaking of big mike i asked big mike i said hey i'm about to do a podcast with marzi uh you want me to ask him anything like what would be a funny story he said uh get him to tell uh the story about how he called me big bike <laughs> uh well so you guys were playing and he was borrowing my rig right Okay, so this is not a pleasant story for me to tell. Oh, oh well, I mean, you don't have to if you don't. Yeah, it's okay. To. It's okay. I got, <laughs> I got a friend of mine took me there like at seven o'clock to the engine room. Okay. He left his credit card and left the bar open. Yeah. I started drinking. Okay. By the time you guys were going on, <laughs> I was at a booth. I think passed out, and they, they I, I, Mike couldn't get it working. Right. Okay. So right. They drug me back there, and <laughs> and he, he said. He said that I was trying to help him. Then I would go try to text somebody. <laughs> he was like, I was like, and then he's then he realized that I was just like I was just I, we finally got it working. I think you know it was like a, it was minor, but I had a yeah. I had I had a semi complex rig that I, I had yeah. put it together. You know, right. with a preamp, Marshall power amp, this and that, and yeah. like a sonic maximizer, and like things have cables and stuff like that. Right, I wasn't coherent at this time to sure. work, and I, I remember being on stage. And I went towards the wall to the right and I just project out <laughs> we went somewhere, man. And uh and I just came up to him and I said, uh, I don't know why I don't know how it came about, but I couldn't say his name. Yeah, okay. Big Mike. And you know, I called him Big Bike. And I was like, I want to ride the big bike. You know, I want to jump on top of, I was trying to jump on the back of his shoulders and have him give me a piggyback ride. Yeah. Is what it was. And I was like, you know, so since then, I've been calling him Big Bike. <laughs> I've had him in my phone as Big Bike, but I, I, just because you called him Big Bike. And I don't even I didn't even remember. Maybe, I would kept saying, I want to ride the big bike. I want to ride the big <laughs> bike. And I was trying to jump on his shoulder. Uh, I, actually, yeah, there was another show you all played and it was my birthday. It was a club. Man, there's so many shows. Yeah, we but played I, shows went to, I went to attend this one to see you guys and I had that soccer mom van. And again, I was drinking at the time. And uh, there was um, like I think White Castle hamburgers, yeah. And I was tossing those at at at, at, at you guys while y'all were playing. I, <laughs> I got rid of the whole box, man. Big Mike said I was fucking just throwing the burgers, man, on stage. And I don't remember any of this, but uh, <laughs> man, he's uh, we can laugh at it now, man. Somehow yeah, I made it home that night. I was like, dude, what the hell was I doing? I, I and when he tells me. That I was doing, I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. But he turns around and he says, it was no, funny. dude, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> you remember that? I don't. I I, I I drank a lot. I drank I drank a lot back then, too. Um, So I maybe don't remember. I, man, I'm dude, sorry we had, if, I, oh, if I hit you with a White Castle burger when he was that, playing. That sounds like I would have loved it, though. You know? <laughs> like, I man, that's what one. I'm saying, man. It's rock and roll, man. You know, that's things right. like that don't happen all the time. You know, yeah. I attacked my drummer at Fitzgerald's one time because he messed up like really bad. And I yeah. and I like I lost my cool, man. And I was yeah. like, man, I regret that for the rest of my life. But it was sure. just like, you know, I, thinking about it now, I was thinking like, dude, that was pure emotion, yeah. you know, unfiltered. And who cares? Yeah. I mean, Kirk Cobain used to jump into, you know, do all this. I was like, people that went there and saw that, they saw something real, man. Yeah. I was like, at least you guys saw, saw like, you know, I saw it. I saw Aerosmith get in the fight on stage. Oh, wow. Aerosmith. I saw Joe Perry and Steve Tyler, where Steve Tyler turned around and looked at Joe Perry at the Houston Summit around Christmas. I don't know when. 
turned around and said, fuck you. As man, dude, it was like the whole summit. It was called still the summit. Everybody was like, oh, and then Steven just stormed off. Yeah. And there was just like one or two minutes of nothingness. It was weird. Then Joe Perry got on the mic and he did Red House and he did let the music do the talking, which was on his album before Aerosmith put it on their album. Oh, wow. He did two songs on his own. And then, then they brought Steven back out and they finished the show. And I was like, dude, that is rock and roll. Because that didn't happen last night in, in LA or whatever. I got to right. see it. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Like that happened at my show. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, that, I, I, if you don't mind, I will tell you one more, one more sure. incident. Yeah. I went to see Mr. Bungle because that band, when they came out, and when that when that album came out, it was like the biggest fresh air, breath of fresh air I've ever had. I was tired of glam. I was tired of uh, grunge. I was tired of like superstitious kind of like you know stuff, this and that. I was just tired of it, man. Yeah. And somebody introduced me to this, and it was like it lit me up. They were yeah. they were they were moving and shifting through musical styles with complete command writing silly lyrics mike Patton's a flipping genius man uh, it's yeah, like oh, yeah. you might laugh at it because it's like my ass is on fire or whatever is the name of the song title but when you listen to it you're like dude who composed this yeah. and you see the uh brian eno i think composed it or something i hope i'm not wrong in that and then and then um if i am i apologize but that moved me so i went to see them at the vatican oh the right? vatican Right. And they had this band opening up for them to had like TVs and stuff like that. And then when they got on, they just made noise. I'm talking about nasty feedback. And I was like, and Mike Patton had a mic and he was like swinging it. And every time it would go by the monitor, it would go because they had distortion on it. Yeah. And then they did it over and over and over again. And it's like, you know, on stage, a second is an eternity. Right. It's for a few minutes, man. Wow. We're waiting for them to go into the song and they didn't. And guess what happened? People started leaving. Right. And then when the people left, they started to set. They like cleared the crowd. I don't, I've never wow. seen anything like that in my life. I'll fast forward it because I was, my jaw was dropped looking at them you know, this dude's playing keys, playing sax, and then, you know, doing the horns and then playing guitar. Towards the end, this girl jumped on stage and Mike was doing this with her. He had his arm around her and they were both headbanging. Yeah. She reached over and she went to pull his mask off. Oh. He violently threw her down. Oh, wow. Which is not cool, whatever. Right, right, right. But then he went after her, like, like to punch her. And Whoa. he went off the stage. And when he went off the stage, the mic stand was right there, and he, and it totally cut him. Oh, he, he jumped back on stage, and we saw blood, the, the welt open up, and it was wow. blood. And then he turned around and just ran, and then it looked like it hurt, man. Yeah. He ran and just went sideways. And went he, sideways. Ran, he ran <laughs> sideways. And, yeah. and he brought the whole drum set down, man. Oh, my God. I bet it did hurt. And the show was over. Wow. And I had never seen nothing more rock and roll than that. I'm not talking about him like, you know, like trying to like get hit the girl because he he not only didn't succeed, he fucked himself up in the middle of yeah, it. Right. But the way it ended, it was just like, and the way they cleared the crowd, it was like one of those epic shows that you see. A lot of shows at the Vatican, man. The first time I saw White Zombie there when they had Le Sexer Sisto, yeah. that was 50 people at the Vatican. And Rob Zombie was like, 
Yeah, man. Our last tour in the van, all we listened to was Slayer, some some Slayer record. Yeah. And then we did this. And there's a significant Slayer influence on that album that made them supremely big. But I remember yeah. seeing them with my friends at the Vatican with like 50 people. There wasn't that many people for Mr. Bungle. You know? Wow. The Vatican. Wish, I wish we had shows like that still, man. I wish the Vatican was still there. Uh, I, dude, I've actually had just so much fun shooting this shit with you that like I've kind of forgotten about it. <laughs> like i tell you what what we could do we can we can we can create part two and let's do part want. two yeah i, I want to ask one question and then we'll kind of wrap it up and then we can do a part two uh Down the line. Yeah. Awesome. i would love to do this again i with would you. yeah i would I, love to have I, you back too yeah i'm, I'm so enjoyed like just like i had no idea we were going to reminisce the things we did and it just yeah. like this whole time has been like an awesome trip man that's dude that's what this is about it's about touring talking tour stories talking hanging out stories talking music just yeah, having a great a conversation part, you might need a part three for all that <laughs> we might dude and you know what maybe like maybe uh, at some point it'll be you me and big mike or you me and doug or you me uh, and whoever you know we can that. yeah we can do all kinds we'll just see i just got to see if uh you know i can i don't know i'm still learning that you, this You're is episode great. This is episode five. Oh, so, nice. so I'm going to try because it's called the 13. I, I guess I'm going to go to 13 and I'm going to drop all 13 episodes at one time. It was originally going to just be four and it might still be, I don't know. I'm still working on it. That's we, a good idea, man. That's we'll a killer. see. You know, I like the 13. It. You have entered the 13. That sounds sexual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, out of all the questions I wrote down, I mean, I got so many, but I think. Okay. So I saw that you posted not too long ago that you had a lot of material for a new album. Are you allowed to talk about that? Absolutely, man. I've been having so much material. I had the heaviest Texas written like, you know, a decade before it came out, man. Right. But I got with Phil Anselmo. So it went in the back, back. Then I, you know, I did all that. Then I got with Exhorter. Right. So it just kept taking the back seat. So by the time it came out, it, um, and I did it independently. Yeah. I don't think it deserved uh, to get the, not attention. It, it got not very much attention. And it deserves to, because Kyle Thomas did such an incredible uh, job on this thing, man, vocally. I, had triple track my guitar leads like Randy yeah. did. I've never yeah. done that before. I produced that album as yeah. I did. I produced a album that I did with Ripper. I made right. sure. Oh, that- and I love that one too. I love both of them. But like that, the uh, the you started doing these. Sorry to interrupt you, but you started doing yeah. videos for this one, right? I started doing videos for this one, and uh, yeah, and then I tried to I tried to push it, but it just like kind of like I went to uh, tour with Exhorter to come back to pursue it. Sure. And then my business partner at the time, he had changed his heart about it. Okay. So without my consent, he had actually just went and gave away all my merch. Everything that I, everything that albums, CDs, posters, wow. hot sauce, he donated it all. I managed to get um, um, the shirts, the hoodies, like the merchandise, like the little mini guitars and albums back. But yeah. my hot sauce, my CDs, and my posters have vanished and they're nowhere to be found. Wow. I can't find them online. And it's like, it's a, it's a, 
it's pretty fucking shitty because yeah. I had posters before I got into that partnership right. with my high priest of distortion. And, you know, yeah. this is like the stuff like back there, you know, that guy right yep. there. Yep. I see yeah. it. That one, uh, my friend Kyler Sharp had made all these posters. He even made the legals posters. Um, I kept that synergy to keep people from Houston and artists and stuff like that, that I need yeah. to bring them up. Even my own son uh, did the album cover for the uprising, you know? Yeah, like, I know. Yeah. That's awesome. Kid. I was like, you know, I remember people going, man, you know, people can say the kid drew it. And I'm like, yeah, my son drew it, man. I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yeah. This is my art, man. Go ahead. Absolutely. And your opinion. But you know what? If you put, if you drop that needle, if you put that CD in or whatever, play it on your iPod, it's good work. And those albums were done because of my need for having to put out something that I thought sounded good. Sure. I was not happy with uh, the um, Illegals albums, three of them to be particular. War de Gargantua is, is I, I think is probably, I can, I can deal with that one. Sure. But the main album, man, and the EP that came after it, I worked too hard and I worked, I played too damn hard and worked on this stuff too much, man. And I got like double guitars. I quadrupled yeah. guitars on that. Right. And when you put it on, when you put on the affiliate on someone illegal walk through exits out, it's a unique record, but, but sonically, it's one of the shittiest records I've ever heard. And I, you know, you think, uh, and I will tell you this, this, this is honesty, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember I called Philip and I, and I told him, and I said, do you remember what you told me happened with Mike Tyson lost? When, the, when Mike Tyson, he told me that he cried. When yeah. first, the first time I came, he's, because he's passionate. I love Phil to this day and we communicate, by the way. I'm not talking shit about anybody. Sure, yeah, yeah. And when I heard this, I dropped off my son at soccer practice, I was in this thing in, in soccer mom van, yeah. listening to this album. So, walk through exits only was like one my career wise at the time my single biggest accomplishment. Sure, right, right. Playing with the singer for Pantera and all, right, yeah. And it was the biggest disappointment in my life at the same time. So it canceled yeah. each other. Uh, it was frustrating. It was frustrating. And then well, I loved it, but. I could only imagine if you put how much work you, you know you put into it and then well, yeah, when you put the album on the drums are their drums are up front yeah. then there's oh, the yeah. vocals then the guitar yeah maybe the bass is even louder yeah it is a, weird it is it's weird. really boomy and it's like there's definition isn't there so i was determined to do the uprising yeah i, got, I contacted ripper ripper and i had previously played with um bobby Blotzer of Rat, us yeah. three and a couple of guys from Houston or something. We did Hellbent forever. It's a tribute to Judas Priest, and we did a song called Exciter. Yeah, I just did the leads. Uh, that, that's all. But we we knew each other, so I contacted sure. him and I recorded these songs. It's an EP. It's got six tracks, but only four songs. I wrote yeah. the intro and the outro, put four songs in it, and I was happy with it. I was like, yeah. sonically, this shit you put in your car and stuff like that. It yeah. sounds good. Yeah, and I yeah, proceeded I to do this. It, um, it, but, but let me, I'm not going to take credit for this. I oversaw this as a okay. producer. I got the tones, but I handed them over to this guy named Chris Collier. And that was in LA at the time. He lives in Vegas now. Chris um, just finished, a, just did the last Corn album. 
Oh, cool. a brand new Corn album. Yeah. He, had, he did the last White Snake album. Okay. And he, he's done Prong. And uh, I, I was a guest guitarist for Prong. And nice. he, because t- Tommy Victor heard me play The Uprising and asked me to play on the last Prong record. So I did a lead for that. So the synergy is beautiful. And I got to know. But going back to Chris, Chris gave it that, mm, that sound, you know. And then yeah. him and I all, you know, like anybody else, we go back and forth. We fight a lot, you know. Right. He's got his ideas, and I'm like, man, I'm the artist, you know, all this, you know. <laughs> but um, when we pushed and pulled, and it was, it was, a, it was a loving affair, and we made it. And then we did it again with Heaviest Texas, but Heaviest Texas, I took a different approach on guitar. I used less gain. Okay. And uh, I asked Anoop Sastry, the drummer god, to play drums on it, and that, like, you know, and again, Kyle Thomas, yep. Anoop, Chris played bass on it. And I played guitars on it, you know. I, I it was my best performance because I took my time, and I did a lot of soul searching because just like uh, Michael, you know, just like a statue, you, you see, or like a, you know, they got to chisel away at a rock to get to yeah, it. It's right. not easy, but that but that that piece that they're working on, it's inside of it. Sure. And that's how I approach these solos and songs. Yeah. There, especially the solos were really tough for me. Yeah, I, once I made the arrangements and the songs were there and the solos were the last thing, I had to spend like 16 hours playing this little section just so I can get an idea of what I mean. So I'm just like fishing. But then, right. then something, something catches your attention and you're like, okay, you know, like one note comes out and then you yeah. embrace it and you go from there. It's like a really long and tedious process. And sure. for me, I had to write it because I was going to attempt it three times. Oh, so, wow, yeah. so that's like, even if I had whatever squeal or something like that, I had to recreate it. And I had right. to do the same solo three times. So on that record, we didn't turn up the leads. Sonically, it was speaker hard left, hard right, and one in the middle. It created mass, yeah. you know, because there's right. three of them in there. So it yeah. just was louder on its own. And I'm really proud of that record. And hopefully people will go and visit it and check it out. I'm, and then now going back to now, it's like I've got ten songs for Heaviest Texas. Yeah, but I've got a new band in Houston. I've talked to a new bass player, I a new drummer. I won't mention them by name. I love and adore them. Okay, so I wrote a bulk of material that I was taking with me to when uh, Exora was on tour with Overkill and COVID hit. I yeah. told the guys I was like I was going to go home and write a record. So I went yeah. home and I literally worked every day, like anybody works, you know. I woke yeah, up in absolutely. the morning, grab a cup of coffee, I go in there, and I'm soul searching for these songs, man, you know. And then and I got my computer and I got my monitors. And I start building a little mini studio. Sure. Meanwhile, I was catching drum tracks that were on YouTube in the style of like Slayer, seriously. Right. And I yeah. was I was getting them as MP3s, and I'm putting them on my uh, Studio One, and that sure. was my drum track. And I was writing songs to like drums that I hadn't programmed. So it was like, it was, but it was still creative and it was neat. So that's not that I'd use any of those stuff, but I started working towards like, right. I ended up coming up with a ton of material. Some of it, like the song Funky Sun, I ended up, uh, it's a promotional thing, ended up being for Solar. It's like a minute and a half where I do the Van Halen thing. My dog's on the couch sitting with me. I don't know if you've seen the video or not. It's on my YouTube channel. I might have, I might have. It's just an instrumental, because yeah. I'd done coffee with Ola and he, he was asking me, how do I do these triplets? 
So yep. I did that. Well, all that came around the same time. Oh, yeah, I did. I got a little, yeah. a little violin bow, and I was doing acoustic music, and then I was writing thrash and like extreme metal. And because like this party, you know, what you don't yeah. know what you're going to come up with. So I started working on those songs and crafting them. We went on the road on this last trip. I decided I didn't want no part of that band. Yeah. You know, I love Kyle. I love yeah. Jason. Yeah. But I didn't want nothing to do with that band. Yeah. Like, like I wished them nothing but the best. Sure. This is personal. If yeah, people yeah, want yeah. to take sides, like they always do on social oh, media, right. they jump to this side, they jump to that side. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. I, well, I should say, I don't mind. I don't mind at all. Go do what you want to do. Right. Um, I got my material and it's organic and it's cool. And I'm bringing it now over here and I'm writing new material. And uh, with that said, I've got a second band that's going to be a cover band. And what oh, I'm cool. going to do, it's going to cover kind of like my body of work from Super Joint to the Illegals, even Exhorter and uh, some other stuff, but it's going to have Sabbath and Van Halen in it. Nice. So I'm going to go out in Houston and play more often. Hell like, yeah. Like, like, you know, pubs and stuff like that. I don't really care. It's not going to be a big concert event. I'm going to get out because I really enjoy playing guitar. Absolutely. And the way my life's been going, the intervals are like way too long for me sure. to be out on stage. So I'm not doing that. I'm going to have a local band in Houston uh, to play out the cover stuff. And I have another band from Houston that's going to be completely brand new original stuff. Awesome. And I may, may not right now because of the COVID situation. Sure. I've been asked by, by a band that I grew up with listening to go play overseas. Oh, cool. One of the shows is at Wacken. I won't wow. say who the band is because sure. he's just like, my, you know, I even wrote on my social media the other day that I was going to do Wacken. Yeah. But um, that might fall through now because yeah. of the COVID situation and stuff like that. So, you know, it's been up and down. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I was supposed to play Manifest and I was supposed to do a ship cruise this, 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 uh, earlier this month. Yeah. All of it fell through because of it. So, you know, that's why I don't kind of go online and say, ah, because you never know, you know, wait, what yeah. I mean, when I joined Super Joint Ritual, I uh, told my friend Wayne Halen, who just Wayne passed Halen. away, actually. Wayne oh, Halen sorry. passed from COVID. Sorry. You knew Wayne, I think. Everybody. I, all, I, all Wayne, Wayne, yeah. 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 He passed away from COVID. And um, it sucks, dude. I want to pick up my phone and call him and tell him all this stuff. Right. But I remember at the time I was said, listen, don't tell anybody I'm playing at Superjoy. Like, don't tell anybody this, you know, because you never know it might fall apart, which it did for me. And um, I went to his house. The next time I went to his house, he had these friends from over from Huntsville. And this guy's like, hey, man, I heard you playing in Pantera. I said, I am. I said, that's, Huntsville. My, I said, that's my best friend, the guitar god, you know, yeah. Daryl. I said, I am playing in a side band with the singer for Pantera. Right, right. Super joint. This was before it was out and stuff like that. But um, so that's a pretty that, good impression of a uh, Huntsvillian. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we can do a whole episode on my accents. I'm pretty good at this. I'm keeping it low and I'm just talking to you as if like, we would. Right. You know me, man. I'm cartoon, man. I, I can, know, I can yeah. So, yeah, for that, I don't boast. I don't brag. I don't try to like, it's talk is cheap, man. I'd rather like, to show you what I can do as sure. opposed to talk about it, you know? Right. Absolutely. And so right now I'm keeping quiet with my band members in Houston and I'm keeping quiet about the band in Europe. It may happen. It may not, but cool. I do have this organic thing I'm starting all over and I'm really Hell excited yeah. about it. And I personally think throughout, you know, I'm playing is my plane has gotten to another, like for me, 
uh, it's gotten better than what awesome. I was like. Let's just say on this very last tour with Exhorter, I would say I'm a better player. I'm not saying I was I was sucking. I was sure. I did, you know, I enjoyed my playing, and I, I and I and I, you know, for me, it's a heavyweight fight. Yeah, you, I go into on that on that stage. I'm playing with Exhorter, Phil, and I treated the same. I have no um, interest in anything other than playing well first. And the right. second then thing that comes natural for me is if you're up front in front anywhere within my zone, you're going to be involved some way. Yeah, I'm making eye contact with That's you. That's right. I'm going to make you laugh by doing some goofy Absolutely. shit. On hey, Big Mike, look, it's over here. Thanks for yeah. belts. <laughs> well, I, that's, man, that's what I used to sing. And, and, yeah. and well, yeah, when I had the mic in my hand, oh, my God, oh, it was a yeah. comedy show. We were at that Austin show. Yeah. I kept going, right, right, you know. Yeah. I, and I kept Big Mike, you know, but so-and-so. So in between songs, right. there was a country song. I was like, we came to Austin, Texas. I would, I would improv the words. Right. We came down here to Austin, Texas to play with my man, Big Bike, you know? Yeah. And he goes, and went heavy metal. Blah, 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 blah. I went, Ryan 13, I'm Big right. Bike. I would just call people's names out and would change lyrics yeah. live. Fun, and it was man. like, this is our little thing tonight. Yeah. Tomorrow it won't be the same, you know? Yeah. So it's like, have fun, man. That's right, dude. Marzi, I want to ask you more questions. So we're going to have to do this again because I've kept you too long and I know you got stuff to do. Yeah, I'm actually going to go see this band. I kind of kind of had a hand put in together. We'll talk about it next time. They're called the Posers from Houston, Texas. I used to teach Johnny Reyes, their guitar player, since he was nine. Wow. He's a Marzi clone. I'm not I'm not cutting him down. I'm giving him credit. He's like, yeah. I don't know how he picked up the shit from me, but he he's utilizing the techniques that I've come up with Dude, in awesome. his songs, man. That's their song awesome. their songwriting level is on another another planet. I would have and to check him drummer, out. I was jamming with the drummer since he was seven because he's his dad's my best friend. Okay. And when, he, when he was fifteen, I was like, "Hey, look, man, I'm tired of your bullshit drum soloing. When I come here to jam with you, you listen to me." And he does. And so nice. he took that element of like we arrange songs together. He's worked with me. Yeah. He knows how this brain of mine works. We did like three, four songs, maybe even more. He took what he knew, plus inherently how good he is and he, how much he practices. When they needed a drummer, they had this insane, crazy bass player that sings. Their songwriting is crazy. It's like Ooh. it captures feeling and emotions, man. They're Dude. called the posers. The yeah, posers. I, every, yeah, so I'm about to send my love to your fans, to you, to everyone watching. And I'm going to go watch the posers. Dude, go watch the posers. I'm writing that down because I'm going to come check them out at some point and they're playing at 9 30 so i got 28 minutes to make it downtown you better hurry up dude i love you thank you so much you. for doing this brother thank you so much for asking me to be on it man it sincerely means a lot yeah like i said man you brought back memories dude well we got plenty more to talk about on the next one i'm embarrassed of it okay man <laughs> <laughs> go have fun you. dude i love you too brother thank i'll talk you to you soon